P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And I'm Shelby, and I'm here with Matt. We are back for episode 29. Oh, on boy. <laughs> what I think we can all agree is probably the best movie of no, 2019 so No, far. we can't start off saying that because it'll scare away our listeners and make people think we have zero taste. So how about you just hide that little shameful nugget for a little bit later down the road and and we can come back to it. I just can't process it right now. Okay. 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 <laughs> Whatever you say, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have a review. I have a review to read. Yay. It's from Kimmy1292. It's self-aware, smart, and well-edited. That's the title. So oh, already, already patting myself on the back for that one. <laughs> okay, here we go. Shelby and Matt are a pair that I would creepily try to, to third wheel if I lived anywhere remotely <laughs> near either of them. Luckily for them, I don't. <laughs> P.S. You're Wrong combines the wits of two pop culture fans who, when they show bias, are at least self-aware about it. <laughs> and, not sure about that on Shelby's behalf, but you know, okay, we'll go with it. Sure. We'll see. We'll see after today. This is seen especially in the 2019 predictions episode. I feel that my tastes align more closely with Matt's as I too find oh. Taylor Swift's presence in pop culture irksome. <laughs> I'm loving this review. <laughs> it's written by And I don't understand the hype surrounding The Office. <laughs> and I, unlike Matt, have watched you probably four or five someone. seasons. Oh my gosh, that is this crazy. Is what Shelby brings for me is consistent, smart, deep analysis of material that is new to me. Thanks to her, I knew Kingdom wouldn't be too scary for me. And I blazed <laughs> through it yesterday and loved it. Oh, good. Bring on season two. Jury is still out on who is funnier, although when Matt cracked up over the Hogwarts poop trivia, I did too. (laughs) I also appreciate that neither Shelby nor Matt go down annoying, unrelated rabbit trails, or if they do, they edit well. Please keep up the good work and know that all the hard work you put into preparing this podcast is being appreciated by me and many others. Oh my gosh. Wow. That is so thorough. That is like the kindest review we've ever gotten. I know. I know. Step up your game, other people. Uh, (laughs) Although I sort of am like, which episodes was she listening to that she said we didn't go down rabbit trails? (laughs) I know. Rabbit trails I have charged down is (laughs) quite a few. Yeah. Yeah, Well, you know, hopefully she listened to the good stuff. So. That's what she remembers, yeah. and um, there's a lot to go around. But you all can leave reviews and nice comments and messages. We're on social media at um, Instagram and Twitter at PS You're Wrong. And you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere you can listen to podcasts. We are lots of places, and we are always willing to talk to you. We have nothing else going on. Yeah, definitely nothing else. But there is a lot going on in pop culture this week, so I'm excited to get into it. Oh, my gosh. Is it my week to start? Go for it. Go for it. I just want to get this out of the way. I know we've been talking a lot about Ariana Grande. I didn't want to bring her up. But this was just such a delightful story. It was just such a journey. So um, she got there are a tattoo. There so many good stories, and this is what we're starting I with. I love this story, though. It's amazing. It has everything you ever want in a, 
(laughs) pop culture drama you know there's humor there's tension there's there's claims of of appropriation so let's get into it ariana grande (laughs) she um she's been doing this like thing with her new album where she uses japanese typography for whatever reason whatever but she got a tattoo and she showed the world and it's on the palm of her hand and it's implied that it's meant to say seven rings after the song she just released but what it actually translates to is um japanese barbecue and everyone (laughs) called her out for this and was laughing about it she deleted the photo but then got on a comment and was like oh i know i totally knew it i just couldn't handle the pain to like finish the whole phrase so i thought it looked cool so i just said leave it and everyone made fun of her for that and sort of was like, well, that's weird that you're using this as like an aesthetic and you just admitted you don't care that it doesn't actually mean anything. And so she then posts a screenshot of a conversation with someone she calls her Japanese tutor who like obviously has a handle of the language. And they tell her that to correct it, she needs to place a different character above the two she already has. So she posts this conversation as like, see, I'm I'm fixing it. And then she posts a new updated tattoo where she had put the symbol directly under it with a little heart emoji next to it. (laughs) So now her tattoo just reads Japanese barbecue finger heart. And everyone is (laughs) like, you were told where to put this and you ignored it again for aesthetic. And so then a tattoo removal company came in and was like, hey, We'll give you $1.5 million to be like our brand ambassador and we'll remove your tattoo for you. And she was, she got really defensive and she went on a Twitter rant that she then deleted and was like, basically like, you guys like are writing my (laughs) balls. Like, why are you all up in my grill? I'm trying to be like, I'm trying to show appreciation. I'm not appropriating like, obviously I care I tried to correct it and like you guys are making me feel bad and I have anxiety and like why are you making me feel bad and so people are like kind of annoyed because she's sort of playing the victim and not owning up to the fact that she didn't try to fix it because she ignored the advice she was given and so now she just has this Japanese barbecue finger tattoo which I think is just a lesson for us all and really just a delightful story (laughs) So she's not getting. So she's not getting it removed. No, she's just. I mean, maybe she'll. She will because she's so embarrassed. But she's not admitting to getting it removed. Like, oh my god, Ariana, <laughs> we can all see through this. Like, yeah. <laughs> we know that you're kind of like not all there, but not all there enough to get Japanese barbecue tattooed <laughs> yeah. on your hand and think like, oh, it's just for the extent. Yeah, rings. no, like, it was, yeah, you I definitely know. thought it was seven rings, and then you were just an idiot. <laughs> yeah, she's. Just- digging the hole deeper and deeper it's amazing Mm. i love it it's the gift that keeps on giving but (laughs) neither of us have tattoos right no i don't and if i got a tattoo it probably wouldn't be in a language i don't speak you know because it's just weird and this happens you don't want a Chinese symbol. Those were <laughs> yeah. very big. At some I point. know. It was like a whole lost <laughs> episode, I think, dedicated to, to Matthew Shepard's Chinese yeah. symbol tattoo. Yeah, we skip that every time we rewatch it, but it's there. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> okay, but what about you? Tell me something I don't know. Okay, we got to talk about this halftime show. We The Super Bowl <laughs> was yesterday. The halftime show... disastrous like I thought last year's halftime show was bad the Justin Timberlake debacle 
And I think this was by far worse. Like, do you agree yeah. or disagree with that? Well, the truth is, I I was at a friend's house and we had the game on mute and we didn't bother turning it on when the halftime show came. <laughs> so we what? just saw him. Well, I don't care about the Super Bowl, first and foremost, let the record show. We only had it on the TV because our husbands were sort of, quote unquote, watching it. But we were all kind of talking and eating dinner. And so when Maroon 5 popped up, we were like, oh, should we? And then none of us could like find the energy to go and like watch, you know, because I just don't like Maroon 5. I don't like Adam Levine. I don't think he's cool for doing the Super Bowl. So why? (laughs) Why watch it? This is mystifying to me. You went over there like for a Super Bowl party. No, thing, no, no. And then you... No, I went over there for my friend's birthday party, but they also had to have the game on because I don't know. You're like compelled to because it's the Super Bowl, I guess. But I do not care for the Super Bowl, so we just didn't. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy it. <laughs> like most people don't. Like, no, like at the party I was at, nobody cared that it was on either but we were all like well we ha- we need to watch the <laughs> halftime show well how was it matt because it sounds like it wasn't that great it was terrible <laughs> but i still watched it it's like 10 minutes long you watch it and then you can talk about how bad it is you 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 are now not able going to contribute to this conversation <laughs> on a pop culture podcast that you the Super are Bowl is not pop of. culture no we could die the on this Super Bowl hill. i don't feel any shame is I could contribute. Wow. I can really contribute. I watched all the clips making fun of his dancing and his outfits. I watched all I read all the think pieces about how he showed his titties even though Janet Jackson couldn't show hers. I saw that they canceled their press right before because they didn't want to deal with all the questions about Colin Kaepernick. I saw that Nikki Cardi B said that she had turned down the a big money to do it because of Colin Kaepernick. I saw that Rihanna oh. wasn't watching because of Colin Kaepernick. So Honestly, I feel pretty informed about the whole thing. (laughs) Thrilling, thrilling. This is this is what it was like in my private elementary school, where all the teachers (laughs) were like, "Harry Potter's of the devil." I didn't read the books, but I read an article about it. No, that's not. Really, frankly, all of your opinions are not valid anymore. Same as when you didn't watch the first Ant Man. Uh, But I would like to now talk about the halftime show, if you don't mind, please. So one. What was Adam Levine wearing? Because he had like a tracksuit and then he switched to another jacket and then he was wearing this weird tank top and then he took his shirt off altogether. And I was like, these do not count as costume changes if you're like wearing sweatpants and then you just slowly like take off layers as you overheat. Yeah, well, that's the thing about like Maroon 5 is they kind of just... They don't have real pizzazz, you know? They're just like there. I don't know. And here, so here's the bigger thing that relates to the Super Bowl halftime show. I was Mm -hmm. texting with my brother about this this morning. Like, when you're offered the Super Bowl halftime (laughs) show, which this year, like, there was the politics of the Colin Kaepernick thing, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So 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 that's its own thing. But you know that this is, like, the most watched event of the entire year, the Super Bowl. And you are getting like this prime slot. And I Mm -hmm. don't understand how year after year after year, people just basically use that to do their regular run-of-the-mill concert set. I'm like, (laughs) if I was given the Super Bowl halftime show, it's like you got to do something big. You have to do something. jump from the rafters. Yeah, like jump from the rafters like Lady Gaga, like do a 
Destiny's Child reunion, like something. Yeah. Have a guest of some kind that is like going <laughs> to be exciting to us. This yeah. cut to a SpongeBob show like halfway through, and I legitimately thought yeah. that someone had changed the channel. And then one person at our at the party was like, "Oh no, I think this is like a Travis Scott thing." And I was like, "What? Yeah. Like, what's going on?" So then he came out and did a song which I had never heard before. Yeah. And then another person came out and I was like, is this a famous person? I do not know. Turns out he was the lesser known member of Outcast, like not Andre 3000, the other person. Uh-huh. And I was like, did did they well, have no a song? Because no one wanted to do the show. Well, exactly. But it's like, <laughs> still, these were the two best people you could get? Like the yeah. B-list member of Outcast and Travis yeah. Scott? Like, embarrassing. I know. Uh. And it, I was, I was, everyone was thinking that Kylie Jenner would get proposed to because Travis Scott is his. Why would that fiance? happen? Well, because that's Travis Scott. They just thought there would be a big moment, right? Like he had to either, like Maroon 5 had to either bring Christina Aguilera out or Travis Scott had to propose to his girlfriend slash baby mama and why they'd would, have a big moment, you know? Why would Christina Aguilera be there? Oh, because she, don't they sing the a song voice? together? Yeah. Do and they, they have, have a song? song. I think so. What song? Is it popular <laughs> now or is it an I old think song? It's, I want to say it's like a popular one, but now you have me second guessing. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm just really out of the loop. I don't know. Moves like Jagger. Yeah. Oh, she's on that? Yeah. Or she, I think so. <laughs> yeah, it's featuring Christina Aguilera. Mm-hmm. Verified. Yeah. <laughs> Missed that altogether. I do. I mean, that also that song's like five years old. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, the f- song that Maroon Five opened with was a song that I had also never heard by them. Yeah, and nobody at the party had because we had this like sheet that the host had put together that was like bets on things that happened oh, nice. at the Super Bowl, and one of them was like, "What song is Maroon Five going to open with?" And it had like fifteen choices, <laughs> and this was not on there. And we were all like, "What is this song?" Like, have you heard this? No, I've never heard this. Yeah. Song before it was like from their like b-list side of their first album i don't know where the heck it was from (laughs) it was just embarrassing the whole thing like who are these people and you also another thing you could tell that they were like okay we gotta rehab our image as the nfl (laughs) like how like get the diversity choir up there singing with adam (sighs) levine like we gotta really like try to patch this up didn't work yeah. I mean, it was mostly embarrassing watching the clips this morning of of him trying to dance. And it's just like, Adam Levine, just, I just don't get it. I just don't get, think he's like cool or that attractive or that talented. I just don't like him. So I mean, I like a lot of Maroon 5 songs. Mm-hmm. But so when they and they have a like a solid Rolodex of things to choose from. So it's like when they're picked as the halftime performers i'm like okay they're in they're fairly inoffensive they have a lot of songs that people know like this makes sense but then when they bring out two like total randos as their guest stars (laughs) and like nothing interesting happens the whole time other than some people stand around with like glowing (laughs) oh yeah the spongebob whatever the f that was like i i was just like you're wasting this opportunity like do something interesting for as bad as justin timberlake was at least he had the weird prince hologram thing that like (laughs) was bad but it was like at least trying for something you know i forgot about that yeah that's true it was a pretty forgettable super bowl across the board so (laughs) okay well what's your next story what's the next thing that you watched on mute (laughs) half-heartedly and now want to talk about 
Well, this is just hot off the presses, and it's sort of depressing to me, but Liam Neeson is doing a press tour for his new movie coming uh, out, Cold Pursuit, Yeah, which has gotten mm-hmm. pretty good reviews, I'll have you know. So, But he was like being interviewed or something and was being asked about this like theme of revenge in a lot of his movies and if he thinks violence is like the way to get it. And he just went off the... He just like started telling this anecdote that no one asked for and that really should have never been shared about how a friend of his was raped a f- like a couple decades ago, I think, a while back. And when he found out, he just had such rage and he just was like, he asked her what race the guy had been and then started trolling neighborhoods to find, quote unquote, bla- a black bastard that he could get to aggress- hit, be aggressive and then he'd kill him in like revenge for this <laughs> other... Yeah, so crazy anecdote, crazy story. People were like, what... Why did you just tell this? And the whole idea was like, he's like, and I realized like, I'm so disgusted with that part of me. I'm so, it was like a couple of weeks and I just was like, I see now like the issue there, right? Like he's like, I understand that's not right. And I realized like violent revenge, like that sort of thing never actually fixes the issue, never like solves anything, just causes drama, blah, blah, blah. So now of course, like Twitter is a flutter, with like cancel Liam Neeson on like all this stuff. And it's just like, it's an interesting conundrum because it's like, yeah, that's hugely problematic. And like, it doesn't save him from the fact that he had those thoughts by just admitting that they were bad thoughts, you know, like there is a level of like problematic there that takes a lot to unpack. But I just think it's interesting. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I just think Mark Wahlberg has like, literally violently attacked someone like a racial attack and he's still like walking around like everyone's going to see his funny movies and stuff so it's just like the cancellation thing to me is kind of hard to get behind because I'm just like well people have to be able to grow up but I also think people should learn to filter their thoughts I think is the main takeaway for me it's like you don't have to tell every story that comes to mind. I feel like I have two takeaways. <laughs> yeah. One, like if he had these thoughts and like didn't ever act, I mean like drove around or whatever, but like did not act he didn't on them. actually murder and now, someone, yeah. Yes, and now he's talking about it 20 years later as a thing that he like thought about at some point in his life. It's like, okay. And he and also says that he was wrong to think that way. I don't understand why you're coming for that person. I mean, that's like saying like, oh yeah, there was a point in high school where like I wanted to kill one of my teachers because they were <laughs> you, like gave me too much whoa. homework. Or whatever. It's like, whoa, it's Matt. Like, whoa, what are you admitting to here, man? Yeah, man, oh my I, gosh. <laughs> it's like, but if you didn't, do it and now you're a 40 year old man it's like you shouldn't be punished for i don't know that seems like a bit i much. know but, it's messy but the real th- thing here is that anybody who is going to try to cancel liam neeson is has never been to a liam neeson movie <laughs> so it's like what does he care if these people want him not to make movies anymore the audience who goes and sees taken six is not the audience who's looking around on twitter like Ooh, who said something insensitive <laughs> today? They're like, no, we just want to see like somebody kidnap a relative and then go on a murder spree. Like that's all they want. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just like I feel really bad for him. Like ever since his 
wife died like i just like yeah it's so like he's just this old man i don't know it's like i understand the racial complications and i like don't want to like stand up for something i don't fully you know i'm not fully victim to or whatever but it is just like i don't know it's just liam neeson you know (laughs) alec baldwin's still out there and like liam neeson is a way better dude than yeah him so Liam Neeson's a good dad think of all the people he killed for his <laughs> yeah. children like yeah like in cold pursuit he does it again so <laughs> yes with a snow plow <laughs> yeah um so I have something that yes. I'm fairly certain that you probably know nothing uh, about uh, okay but the <laughs> publishing world was a buzz today oh I read this think piece I think this expose the the one on the um on aj finn the author yes. of the woman in the window yeah oh my gosh it was this so was, delightful it was this mesmerizing was <laughs> so for those of you who don't know aj finn is an author who wrote the book the woman in the window which was a huge bestseller i think last year maybe at some mm-hmm. point and it's sort of like a gone girl girl on the train type of book And A.J. Finn is actually just a pseudonym for Dan Mallory. And he, Dan Mallory, used to work, like, in the publishing industry. And everybody sort of, like, knew that he was this author or whatever. But he had this sort of, like, sketchy past that people had, like, whispered about and, like, knew that he was kind of weird but hadn't really got into. But (laughs) some reporter for The New Yorker went in like dug deep into his past and talked to like hundreds of people, I think, and wrote this scathing article for the New Yorker. And it was just glorious as it like systematically went through his life and proved that this guy is like a crazy psychopathic liar who has stolen ideas from people <laughs> and like multiple oh, times he said that like he has all of these different health issues and he has yeah. cancer and he had a brain tumor and a spine tumor that is like family have all died in horrific ways <laughs> like various times he just like yeah. tells people whatever they want and 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 I was just sitting at my desk today reading this story like who is this person? It was mind-blowing. <laughs> I know. It was a delightful read and super long and extensive. The New Yorker has done a lot of cool stories like that where they just take years to put together this research. And this one was interesting because I know when you were here, we went to Barnes & Noble and like you were like, oh yeah, this book was a huge deal. <laughs> and so yeah. it was like, I was like, oh, look at this. And I was going to text you about it because I was sure the publishing world was a buzz with the scandal of it all. But... <laughs> it's crazy it's a crazy story and what's crazy about it is it'll probably be turned into a movie so who really wins probably aj finn i mean he was like he was lying about all kinds of stuff for like 20 (laughs) years and was never caught he worked he like got into college because he was he told like the dean that his like family was sick and his like (laughs) mom had been killed then at some point he moved to the uk and got a job at a publisher there by saying that he had like two doctorate degrees (laughs) that he didn't have and also all these sick family members at a certain point, he has a job as an editor here in New York, and he just, like, leaves <laughs> for for an extended amount of time and starts sending emails to his colleagues pretending to be his brother, saying, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Dan is, like, has this, like, spinal cancer, and yeah. he has to be in treatment, and he's going to be out for this time. But the weird thing is, is, like, when he moved back from England, he started 
taking on all of these weird like British phrases like oh where's the loo and things and so these emails supposedly from his like brother from upstate New York have all of these same like British phrases that he's been using for the past five years working in publishing but the craziest part about the whole thing which is just like an aside in the article is that while he was working and publishing, there would be people that he didn't like and he would just casually leave glasses of urine <laughs> like on their desk. Unverified, unverified. Yes, but like also very verifiable. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, he seems, yeah, it's crazy. And he then was like, it's actually all because of bipolar and like, I apologize. There are things, times in my life where I don't even remember what I said. Someone was like, you know, it's crazy that his bipolar episodes all seem to really help his career, you know? <laughs> Just oh, like yeah. interesting timing, you know? It actually well, the helped pay off. Was so thorough and like interviewed yeah. all of these doctors and like people who, <laughs> yeah. who you know are have experience with bipolar and they were all like, yeah, no, I have never <laughs> seen a case of bipolar like this. Like one hundred percent, he's lying about having bipolar disorder yeah. on top of all of his other things. But then the crazy ending of the article was that his second book is about a like a fiction mystery writer who kills a reporter who's looking <laughs> into his past. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> like, crazy. You need to go read this story. It's yeah. about Dan Mallory. It's in the New Yorker. It's yeah. like twenty minutes worth of just pure gold. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even hit on half the weird stuff that's in this. I thing. know like, it's oh. intense. It's a good read. It definitely distracted me over lunch. I loved it. Um, yeah. but I guess should we get into the the heart of this episode? The <laughs> Oh, I don't know if I really want to, but we're here because you told me we had to watch this movie. Um, And aren't we both glad that we... Well, <laughs> I should preface this by saying this. So we're talking about the movie Serenity starring Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. So... I was at a party and like this movie was sort of like a commercial played in the background on a TV that was muted and in a different room. And that's what I saw of the movie. But I'm going to (laughs) base all my opinions off of that. So I hope that's okay. That would make a lot more sense, honestly, because this movie was the worst movie I've seen in a long time. (laughs) And yes. and, And the fact that when I first like talked to you about it, you were basically in love with it has really just rocked my world in the worst (laughs) way. (laughs) I just, I can't compute. I can't process it. Like I know we've had disagreeing taste before and like you've really ridden me hard for like ever liking any of these dumpuary films. And yet this is the one that you've latched onto as like a, as like a good movie, like a good movie, really? Um, okay, well, let's set this up. <laughs> yeah, please. I need you to explain. So Serenity stars Anne Hathaway, <laughs> okay, yeah. who we've done a whole episode on. She's great. And Matthew <laughs> McConaughey. And I started, seeing, I started seeing trailers for this. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> be- maybe back like last, early last fall. And was yeah. like, oh, this looks amazing. Like, it was mm-hmm. supposed to come out in, like, November, October, November. I was like, right. this is, like, an Oscar vehicle for Anne <laughs> Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey. It's going to be great. The general plot from the trailer that I could tell <sighs> was that uh, Matthew McConaughey plays, like, this, like, fisherman, like, boat person mm-hmm. on, like, a 
island somewhere. His ex-wife, Anne Hathaway, comes to visit with her new abusive second husband and basically is trying to like bribe Matthew McConaughey to take the new husband out on a <laughs> fishing trip, not knowing that like this is her first husband, dump him off the side of the boat and kill him to like save yeah. her from this abusive relationship. Yeah, it was like very dark, like film noir, like very dramatic lighting and s- melancholy stares. Yeah, it had a very distinct vibe to it. Yeah, and I just thought like, oh my gosh, like this is the <laughs> movie that I have been waiting for. Like murder, beaches, <laughs> Anne Hathaway, going to be great. Well, then at some point it got bumped <laughs> to January release, which is never a good sign not like if you're because january is the farthest away from oscar season right. you can get yeah so if it's a movie that is like trying at that angle like trying to be a, a high profile drama serious, and then gets moved yeah. to january it's like oh gosh like this must be a disaster uh, but <laughs> i held out hope for this movie. yeah yeah i'm sure you did and um, then the reviews started coming out. yeah <laughs> Yeah, so right now it's sitting pretty at 22% on Rotten Tomatoes, which let's remember that Glass has like 35 or something. So this is worse than Glass in most people's minds. And this one has a 30% audience score compared to the 79%. So no one is liking this movie. Except for except for Matt, and that's brave of you. Yeah. This movie has also done horrifically oh, yeah. in the box office. <laughs> the first weekend it made four million dollars, which is <laughs> Anne Hathaway's lowest opening for a movie ever. Like yeah. ever. Like worse than Ellen Chanted, worse than <laughs> Yeah, it like debuted at like eighth, right? I didn't even I couldn't even name eight movies that are out in theaters right now. Yeah, yes. That is what is so sad, is that it <laughs> debuted eighth in a month that has had nothing come out. Yeah. Like like it should have easily been number one with that with those yeah. two stars in a dead month. <laughs> yeah. But it's like it's like under a dog's way home, which is like fifty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and we both thought was too dumb to bother seeing. And like Alita, I think, came out maybe this weekend or is coming out. The upside is still like tracking better than this, even with the Kevin Hart press. Like, it's mind boggling that this movie did so poorly until you see the movie. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, so uh, (laughs) there's still more of like production drama that I want to get into about this, but I did. (laughs) really like this movie and when we get into the like spoilers or whatever i will tell you why but it is not a shocker that this movie did so poorly because at a certain point the production company itself gave up (laughs) on the movie and there were rumors going around that Mm. anne hathaway and matthew mcconaughey were like furious because they had you know they're starring in this movie they thought like okay we're gonna get slots on late night shows and whatever like this is gonna be a big thing nothing is playing in january and the film company was like we are not doing a damn thing for this movie we think (laughs) it's terrible and we are not gonna support it And they released this statement, which I think is just great, where they said, as much as we love this film and still hope it finds an audience, (laughs) we tested and retested the film with audiences and critics alike. And sadly, the data demonstrated (laughs) that the film was not going to be able to perform to our initial expectations. So we adjusted our budget and marketing tactics accordingly. (laughs) 
Yeah, which is probably right when Anne Hathaway made her weird Instagram plea we talked about last week where she was like, this movie is so complex and like hard for critics to like wrap their heads around and like, we hope it'll find it's like emotional audience. Oh, oh, I have I let me just read the Instagram post because I have that I have that ready, ready here as well. Okay. Matthew and I, that's Matthew McConaughey, not me, yeah. although, you know, we are also very You wish, close. yeah. Yes. Matthew and I are learning our film Serenity isn't easily broken down into sound bites. <laughs> I really like movies like that. But just in case I am in the minority, here are some reasons yes. why I think you should see it. I find Serenity to be a thrilling, ambitious, violent, spiritual, erotic, charged, dark, damning, contradictory, maddening, lushly intelligent film from the brilliant mind of Stephen Knight. It asks a lot of the audience. It exists outside, (laughs) cut and dry, black and white, moralizing, beyond the realm of thumbs up and thumbs down. It sucked. It was badass, etc. It will need some analysis and conversation after. Good. Serenity is a sexy, <laughs> surreal, modern noir for grown-ups who are into things that don't come standard. If that <laughs> sounds like you, I hope you'll consider giving us your time and attention. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Yeah, this is the first sign that this movie is just bad because she's basically like saying, if you don't like it, then you don't get it and you're stupid and you don't deserve to understand it. Well... But- well, that I think was that I think was before critics really got a handle on it because oh, yeah. then she posted another Instagram no. comment several days later, which I also have for us to read. <laughs> she said, "We keep it real around here. Some critics get serenity and like me find it interesting, moving, ambitious, <laughs> and different, and for some it just doesn't work." That's cool. There is no failure, only learned events. Not everyone has to like everything. And the critical response doesn't change my feelings about the movie. However, other people's time and money are not to be taken for granted. So I just want to be clear. I endorse the movie. Many critics don't. That is amazing. Oh my gosh. And I have some some little pull quotes from some <laughs> critics. I mean, Rolling Stone called it an infuriating mess. The New Yorker says, whatever they pay these movie stars to keep a straight face, it's not enough. The San Francisco Chronicle called it phenomenal, jaw-dropping, three-headed freak of a movie. <laughs> and Vanity Fair described it as sublimely stupid. So... It just really depends. Like, do you follow the masses of these critics who are all just like, this movie uh, is the hottest of all messes? Or are you trying to get Anne Hathaway to like your comments and <laughs> your reviews well, by saying you like this, you know? <laughs> so here's the thing, though, Shelby, is last week you were like, oh, Matt, like, always trying to do what the critics are doing, like, always trying to suck up to the critics. And now you're like, Matt, why don't yeah. you suck up to the critics more? <laughs> So, like, what gives, yeah. you know? No, it's just understand that I have taste. So that's the that's the general, that's the general theme here. I have taste. I'm right. You're wrong. That's the message of our show. It's the theme of our podcast. Like, that's what I hope you learn from this, from this creative endeavor we're taking on together is just you got to start <laughs> trusting me, you know? <laughs> okay okay so because i um i went into this movie forgetting that we were doing an episode about it so i had actually read a review that spoiled it and so i thought it was a bonkers movie and sounding movie 
and went into it knowing all the twists and whatever. And so I kind of enjoyed watching it with that angle because it kind of helped me see like the dots connecting. But ultimately, I still walked away feeling very (laughs) not into it. So I'm curious, did you go in thinking you would like it? Because you were kind of making fun of it last week or kind of doubting how well it would do. But so I was surprised you liked it. So what was your mindset going in? Yeah, I mean, I went in thinking like, uh, this has gotten really bad reviews. It's probably (laughs) going to be terrible. I had heard that there was this like crazy twist, but I had no idea what it was. So I was kind of like, okay, this is going to be like a wild twist movie. Like, like I didn't really know what to expect. And I will say that for like the first, I don't know how long until you get to the twist, like hour (laughs) and fifteen minutes. Yeah, for sure. I was like, this movie is a disaster. Like, it is a disaster (laughs) of epic proportions. Like, everything is bad. I don't understand how this got made. Like, like who (laughs) was behind any of this? And then I got to the twist, and I was like, oh my gosh. This pulls everything (laughs) together for me. Like, this makes so much sense. And... I I was yeah. just and then and then looking back I was like oh my gosh this is like such a brilliant You're like, concept Whoa. for a yeah. movie <laughs> and okay. I was just putting all the pieces together yeah you were like whoa yeah definitely um should we get into spoiler territory because I don't think there's much room to like I yeah. think we have to so yes. Yes. this is a spoiler alert I'm living proof that you can still know the spoiler and. I guess enjoy the movie (laughs) to whatever degree that means. So um, basically, the movie is about real because nobody is going to see this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Anybody who's listening to this episode (laughs) is not seeing it. Like if you haven't seen it now, you're not seeing it. Yeah, it was like opening weekend, and there were only three showings in the smallest theaters, like in our at our AMC. So no one has any hope in this show. It's like Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway, and they still can't get like the major theater room like it's yeah it's ridiculous yes so basically it's matthew mcconaughey this drunk damaged soul on this island of plymouth who is (laughs) we're introduced to chasing a giant tuna that he has named justice and he just can't get justice y'all he is just trying to catch justice to find justice and it's not going well He's also hooking up with some lady on the island for some extra cash on the side, played by a gorgeous Diane Lane who should never have to pay for sex ever. And he is interacting with a lot of, you know, it's like dirty, kind of grimy town. Everyone's drinking. Everyone's in each other's business. And then Anna Hathaway comes. So basically she, like Matt says, asks him to kill her husband, who you find out is a total just like dick like the worst human being alive played by jason clark who goes who only all in ever on his plays, role yeah. only ever plays bad people like yeah. the moment you see him you're like ah yes you're the bad guy yeah but there starts to be some really weird things i mean the, we know that there's this boy we know he that the main character's name is baker dill so we know that good old baker dill has this son that he he lost somehow like his his wife took him away or whatever and got remarried. And so he sometimes talks to his son or he'll like see his son yeah, and he'll he just like, be like, like he has telepathically. This, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just trying to, he has, he communicates with him, doesn't know if he hears, but then his ex-wife comes Anne Hathaway and is like, I know you talk to our boy. I can, 
I, whenever you say he hears like, and she can like prove that he's heard her or whatever. So weird woo woo stuff. There's also this guy in a suit trying to chase him down and it's constantly like referencing like, Oh, how did I miss him? He's 20 seconds early or whatever. So there are just like weird things and it all builds up to this moment when this guy in the suit finally catches up to him and is like, you have to stop thinking about murdering this guy. You have to go back to catching the fish. That's the game. And that's the, that's the And Matthew McConaughey <laughs> is like, wait, what? And then puts it together that this yeah. is actually all a video game. Oh! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is being programmed by like the actual real life version of the sun yes this 14 year old boy has created this video game which through a conversation shared by his evil stepfather he says he plays to keep because if he didn't play the game he would kill the man so it's like whoa he developed this game where he he plays these different rules like little games of fishing and (laughs) i guess having sex with the hot island lady to distract him from the horrible life he has with his abusive stepfather and um the rest of the movie is basically matthew mcconaughey like becoming self-aware as this computer program and realizing like no matter how hard the game is trying to force him to keep the rules and like stay in his lane he wants to kill the bad guy so that he can save his son that way like as a video game and so the rest of the movie is just a lot of monologuing and a lot of oh we're in a game just like really making sure you know and understand that this is in a game. There's a lot of cuts to the boy programming the game. Yeah, it's very, it's very Truman showy. But I feel like yeah. it's not like. But then they they fairly quickly like are trying to then kill the the, yeah, the so abusive decides. husband. So they like bring yeah. him out on the boat and get him really drunk, <laughs> and then like tell him that he's going to actually catch the giant fish, justice. Yeah. And then like, oh, the- are you gonna do that, daddy? Oh, are you ready for this? <laughs> Anne Hathaway is doing Hathaway's best. Yeah, doing, best work. Says daddy a lot on the boat <laughs> with her. She's being very. I mean, she's a blonde, sort of a strawberry blonde, redheadish, you know, Jessica Rabbit type, who's just like Jason Clark's character makes her call him daddy. It's all very gross and aggressive. And she really plays into this like sexual role to get what she needs and wants. And so. So that's like my main gripe with it isn't necessarily the premise of this whole being a game thing like cool, clever, whatever. I have huge problems with the um, the implications that then, (laughs) you know, shows because what it really comes down to is the fact that this very mature movie we've just watched where he's having sex for money. He's swimming naked. He's like drunk all the time and miserable. And then he has pretty graphic and sort of aggressive, violent sex with his ex-wife briefly. It's all being programmed by the 13 or 14-year-old son. And that's sort of where I'm like, this boy clearly has some major issues if that's like how he distracts himself right so like as a fan of the movie how do you um justify that (laughs) so so here's the thing 
about this movie that, like I said, I thought this was a disaster in the first half. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what Anne Hathaway is doing. This is the weirdest acting I have ever seen from her. This is like not a, a real person that she is playing. The The man yeah. with the briefcase and the suit is like hopping around like an idiot. I didn't, I like could not figure out what was going on. The movie's plot made no sense. The Diane Lane <laughs> character is in it for like four seconds and then just She's like just never brought up about again. Her cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The same with the um the like priest villager who's mm-hmm. his I, I was just like, what is happening in this movie? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh my gosh. They're playing this as if it was like a video game. And if you have ever watched like Grand Theft Auto or one of those games, like the the characters say the stupidest things. They act like it. They don't act like real people at all. I was like, yeah, this is spot like Anne Hathaway playing a character in a video game is spot on the way that it actually <laughs> would be. I was like, this is such like <sighs> like and here's the thing with the movie is that mm-hmm. it's not a fun movie to watch necessarily because I feel like the gimmick of it is that the whole first half is really bad. It's like there's an SNL skit that I love from like a couple years ago where the first half of it is like a terrible SNL skit and you're watching it and it's not funny and people are flubbing their lines and it's sort of like, like, what is this? Like, this is so bad. And then halfway through they cut and they go to like a after a football game press conference where they're like interviewing and being like, like uh, 80, like today just didn't seem like your day. Like, what were you thinking when you were <laughs> trying to pull off this line? And the, the and the fact that the first half was so bad is like what makes the second half <laughs> so funny. And I feel like that's, that's, that's really the feeling generous, that I had yeah. with this movie where it was like the first <laughs> half was so bad that I sort of liked the swings that it was taking. Yeah, the fact that it like was a really bad video game. The weird sex stuff, though, connecting (laughs) it with like the son who's programming the video game. That for me is like, as I was thinking about it afterwards, I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah. But to the same degree, it's like the son who is programming this video game is like witnessing his himself and his mother be like abused by the father probably the especially the mom like sexually abused and it doesn't look like the father is has any qualms about like hiding that fact and also the son is also the person who in real life like murders his dad with a (laughs) butcher knife at the end of the movie so clearly like the son who's programmed this video game is like not in a good headspace mentally (laughs) so i was sort of willing to then like well like it's weird that he programmed this but then again like if you're 14 years old or whatever and going through like weird puberty stuff and in such an abusive situation (laughs) then i don't know i was willing to kind of like explain that away yeah i mean i guess i could see your point but i just don't trust that they were like oh yeah we're gonna play it really dumb and it's gonna seem really cheesy in the beginning like i think he thought it was a well-done standalone like everyone was doing their best dramatic acting like the Matthew McConaughey's monologues were meant to be moving and like inspiring and like Anne Hathaway was meant to be sad and sexy I don't think they were like okay be as cheesy as you possibly can because these scripts are bad you know what I mean yeah so that so that is the thing that I have been thinking about afterwards too is like well like how much of this was stuff that they were actually trying to go for and how much of it was like just bad and then now I'm making something out of it (laughs) but I'll say this like how many movies have we seen with Anne Hathaway like I have seen a million of them 
almost them all we did a whole episode on them yeah i don't think that she is a bad actress and like looking at her movies like even the movies where i feel like she is not like the movie isn't great or she isn't necessarily great she's not this level of like unaware (laughs) like the person that she's playing in this is not a human like there is no way that she got this script and was like, ah, let me play this like a actual human being. And this is what came out on the screen. Like she had <laughs> to know that she is playing like a video game character and not a real person. Don't you think so? I mean, I guess it's hard again. Cause I think like we've said on our podcast before that sometimes even great actors just can't make bad writing look good. So I still think it comes down to, she fell in love with the draft or the premise alone and was like, this will be such a smart, interesting, like think piece on our, on like, you know, cognizance and whatever else. And like, Oh, the metaphors, the symbolism. And she just got swept into it because I just don't think it was that well written. Like, I just don't think it was, I don't think it was that Anne Hathaway is a bad actor. I think it's that it was a bad script that even Anne Hathaway couldn't save. I don't understand how you could possibly say that, Shelby, <laughs> because the movie was thrilling, ambitious, violent, spiritual, yeah, erotic, right. charged, right. dark, damning, yeah. contradictory, oh, maddening, damning, and definitely. lushly intelligent. Maddening, you know? So yeah. I don't know. So the clearly the script was yeah. great. So I don't know what you, I don't know where you're coming from. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see them cling to what they wanted it to be, and I think that kind of shows that it didn't. It missed the mark. Like. I feel like there have been movies where it's like, why is this so bad? Why isn't this working? And then it turns out like, oh, there's a purpose here. There's a message here. And maybe this movie just took too long to get to the reveal. Or maybe it just relied on Matthew McConaughey too much for his like staring and morose, I don't know, monologuing. But it just didn't click for me. And I'm all for dumb movies. Like a lot of times, you know, I'm the one who should have enjoyed this. But I just walked away feeling like, it didn't make sense in the end that I just had too many questions about the rules of the game and the fact that this 14-year-old made a self-aware avatar and like basically designed artificial intelligence that would make ex machina seem like <laughs> he's the next one to do it. Like I just think it's like I wish they'd tried a little harder to smooth out the wrinkles because it just became kind of an unforgivable mess for me. Did you, were you pro uh, seeing Matthew McConaughey's butt 85 <laughs> times in the movie? No. And again, that's like, it all comes back to the whole premise is I'm expected to buy that a 14 year old who over the course of years of abuse decided to develop this game would make that his main like central focus. Like instead of, And that's the thing, too, is the twist at the end is he's like, I'm going to make I'm going to build myself into the game so we can be together. And he creates this like happy utopia moment where he can reunite with his dead dad. And it's like if he could have that power, why hadn't he been doing that, you know, or having a game where it was less about like, oh, let's have sex with the hot neighbor for money and more about like oh, I wish I was somewhere else right now, like having a good old time with my dad, you know? Well, you It just know. breaks down when I start to ask why a 14-year-old, especially the sex scene with Anne Hathaway, it was just super uncomfortable for me. It was weird to have her like tell the story of like, oh, remember when you told me I was old enough and you took my virginity and then... And then we were on that bridge and you and you ravaged me. And then and then he's like, we're not going to have sex. And then violently, like 
pins her down, sees that she was abused and is like, oh, sorry. And then she's like, it's okay. And then they have sex. And then his first thing is, I win. Like, it's like, what kind of sick 13-year-old boy would want to, like, further He clearly has issues, Shelby. (laughs) No one is saying this is a healthy relationship. (laughs) I endorse the movie. Many critics don't. That, you know, to quote a <laughs> That's great the main. So yeah, here, exactly. Uh, separate from like the fact that you, you know, aren't critically minded enough to see the glory of this film. <laughs> I just um, can't see the symbolism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's like it's just over. I my have head. a I'm maybe like, like oh. took more English classes in college or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. What I sort of don't understand though is like so. This movie, which also I really loved that this movie was like entirely shot on location, like all of the sets Mm -hmm. you could tell were actual places and not built, which I think is always beautiful when you get in that movie, like even the random scenes are great. But this movie only costs like 20 some million dollars to make. Well, good. <laughs> it, but it, it has made next to nothing in this box yeah. office, primarily because they have done no marketing to this. <laughs> I do not understand why the production company wasn't like, okay, this movie isn't going to get good reviews and it's sort of weird, but we have Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey in something that we can put a really like interesting trailer together for. Like, why don't we just... Put just that trailer everywhere and try to trick everybody into seeing this movie. Like, I don't understand why that didn't they happen. they didn't want to waste the money. That's the honest truth is they saw, they saw the reactions and they were like, you know what? This 20 million promotion cycle could be put towards other movies that'll make up the 20 million we lost on this film. Like, that is the truth. Like, this movie was just a total wash. So they decided to spend their money and they literally admitted to this. On other projects that could make this loss not hurt as bad. Yeah, but this is like a weird new production company. And I was looking at the other movies that they've had come out so far. And Mm -hmm. it's basically that weird Halle Berry, like, um, uh, kidnapped movie. That was them, which I think was bad. Uh, The Strangers. was better than this. (laughs) And then A Private War, which was the Rosamund Pike with an eye patch as a journalist. So it's like, it's not like, oh, yeah, they've had a lot of big successes and can, like, afford to take a loss. Like, I don't understand why they Well, maybe they don't want to be associated with this. You know what I mean? (laughs) But they want to be associated with Halle Maybe they're trying to wash their hands. They seem to have really bad taste in movies (laughs) in general, I would say. Like, that's a a weird mix of movies. And not good. So <laughs> would you say that people listening to this podcast should see the movie now or should see the movie later? I would say because they definitely should society, see it. As a society, we should gather every every record of this film ever existing, throw it in a barrel and light that barrel on fire. That's what we should do. It just <laughs> Wipe it from our consciousness. Like, just get rid of it. We should make like the production company and just pretend it never happened. (laughs) That is hurtful. It's hurtful to me and it's hurtful to (laughs) Anne. It's hurtful to Anne. That's the real reason. You just want me to like this movie. So I'll post a nice thing on Instagram. So Anne Hathaway will like it. I mean, isn't that always the goal? Isn't that always the goal? (laughs) Well, I'll be like Anne Hathaway. One of us gets it. This is truly a maddening film. And she'll be like, "Oh, thanks for understanding." I I am with her on all on all of those adjectives. <laughs> um, I think that that like, look, if you have, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to spin this as like you should go see this in theaters. Um, don't. 
it is it is a one of a kind movie, and <laughs> if you have stubs and are, but that's not true. Like you know, if you need a twit, like watch the Truman Show. It does it better. You know, like I'm sure there's other AI it. shows out there that are more fun to watch, more clever, more well done, more well thought out than this. Yeah, but you but know. is there a movie that's that is such a beautiful mix <laughs> of like terrible movie, but then also like profound movie? <laughs> You know, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> truly profound. He's chasing a fish named Justice. Like, do you get it? It's symbolism, Shelby. <laughs> Designed by a fourteen-year-old. My gosh, <laughs> so nitpicky. Do you This movie is currently sitting at number one on my 2019 movie <laughs> rankings, baby. Let's see how long that lasts. Oh, man. I hope not long, just for the sake of your credibility, you know? What do we have coming up next? Lego Movie (laughs) 2? Good luck. I mean, Cold Pursuit right now has over 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, so... From critics? Yes. How many reviews is this? Is this like an Only 28. It's 28, but still, that's really impressive, especially, honestly, for a Liam Neeson movie. Yeah, wow. So I'm just saying I'm a little hyped. I know. So there's better stuff coming. Like, don't settle for this garbage, Matt. Like, I know you can like movies better than this. So I mean, I'm <laughs> just, just saying I've only seen three movies this year and I just feel like this <laughs> is the best so far. But yeah. OK, well, um, do you have anything else you want to like talk about with it or should we move into other things we could talk about? No, we can move into other things. I, I don't want to have to listen to you, you know, disparaging <laughs> such a film masterpiece. History will be yeah. on my side in 10 oh, years for, when yeah. people are like, why wasn't Definitely. Serenity nominated for an Oscar? Biggest yeah. snub of the of Well, the decade. you know, looking at I'll how the here. Oscars did this year, maybe this will be a surprise <laughs> contender next. <laughs> <laughs> this in Bohemian Rhapsody. People will be like, whoa, and Hathaway really made us think she was a bad actress in this movie. She deserves an Oscar just for that. Yeah. Well, we can only hope that, you know, like um, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey says the N-word and uh, the director like <laughs> yeah. rapes a bunch of people because that's how you get into the yeah. Oscars this year. That's now. how you get it. Dark exactly. but true. Yeah. <laughs> I have a dark but true thing I'm recommending this week for Love It or Hate It. I saw a documentary, a true crime documentary that was just released on Netflix called Abducted in Plain Sight. <laughs> this This documentary is totally batshit crazy it is a true story about a family in idaho in the 70s who become like family friends with this other guy who ends up kidnapping their daughter their 11 year old daughter or some you know age variation of that not once (laughs) but twice what like it is so crazy the twists in it are just insane and the parents are just the dumbest people on earth and they willingly let a (laughs) let a crew film them saying and admitting to this stupid stuff just the red flags they missed not even like red flags it was like neon signs that were like do not trust this man it was like i don't want to spoil too much of the twist but one one thing was like this man was like clearly obsessed with this daughter of theirs and he comes up to the parents and he's like, listen, 
I was molested as a kid. And my therapist says that the way to treat it is for me to sleep in your daughter's bed, like with her, like just sleep there, like while she's sleeping, she won't even know I'm there. So they literally, they they literally gave him permission to sleep with their daughter for like six months. What? I know. (laughs) And that is just one of the craziest things to happen in that whole thing. It is truly just like insane. Yeah. Who are these people? Oh my gosh. It is just, it's embarrassing for all those naive, like, you know, conservative religious people who are like, nothing bad happens in my neighborhood. I don't even know what child molesters are. And they're just like clueless. And even they just get dumber with age. It's just, it ended up, like she, he didn't murder the girl. Like he still, it was truly an awful, awful story. But I think that kind of helps is so the girl is part of the documentary, the, now a woman, and she's written a book about it. And so everyone's just talking about what happened and how it all happened. And it's just truly just bonkers to watch play out. Well, all I'm going to say is that if her dad had been Liam Neeson, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Things to consider what about there. You? <laughs> um, I have a hate it. Uh, on my oh, okay. continual That's good. Uh, watch of the Oscar nominees this weekend, <laughs> I watched the Ballad of Buster Scruggs <laughs> on Netflix. Have you seen this yet? I have avoided it. I don't yeah. want to. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would also avoid it. It is like <laughs> it's a western. It's the Coen Brothers, who usually I like mm-hmm. the Coen Brothers, but this is like a it's six like short films kind of tied together all under this like ah like it's a it's one of those uh, like a storybook movies kind of where it like there's a book and it opens and it's the first chapter and then we go in and see that story and then we closes and we turn the page it's the next chapter going to you know so on and so forth so it's these six different westerns and i heard that they were all like sort of depressing which i generally like so i was like okay this will be sort of up my alley and i like the coen brothers but the they're not depressing they're just boring and this is like two and a (laughs) half hours long it's so long and none nothing like carries over from one story to the next so it's just like you're watching these i had the hardest time to get through them i had to like take breaks to like clean my bathroom in between the shorts because i like just (laughs) found them so maddeningly dull and boring and i was just like serenity was such a better movie at least that was entertaining (laughs) oh man wow you just had to plug that one in again yeah just won't let it die so i this is probably like a good place shelby so in your the oscars are coming up they're like in three weeks Mm -hmm. or four weeks or whatever Mm -hmm. so like what are like are you trying to see everything are you like picking and choosing what you see like what's your kind of um uh, like game plan and watching the movies for this i uh, i am trying to see all the top tier award Uh shows for sure so I don't know if I'll be able to see the other foreign one. Oh, uh, Cold War. Yes. Um. So I'm trying to figure out that, but I need to see Vice still, unfortunately. 
And then I was maybe going to try and see everything else, but it's like, I'm just burnt out, man. Like I can't, like I, we're getting ready to do our 2018 interview episode next week. And I saw a lot of movies that I didn't want to see. So I feel kind of like, do I need to keep putting myself through that? I don't know. So we'll see if I end up with a few more under my belt. Do you, do you have any you recommend? I for sure. I did see Minding the Gap. So. Oh yeah. Did you like it? Check. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um I really liked the Never Look Away, the um which is another foreign one. It's the mm. it's the German foreign submission. However, I feel fairly strongly that you would hate it. So I don't <laughs> think you should see that movie. Um Okay. <laughs> uh otherwise, yeah. It's so nice that I'm so easy to peg, huh? Because you, meanwhile, I just don't even know what to expect. Like the fact that you loved <laughs> Serenity just blew my mind. You, you know, so I just don't even I know. I like to keep people guessing. And then it's like sometimes <laughs> I like a movie when I see it. And then by the time we get to the podcast, I don't like it anymore. You never yeah, you're know. Just like, what no, I'm never gonna... mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's intriguing. I, I've yeah. been going through my like ranking list and there's there was a couple things I was like mm-hmm. what is, like what was I thinking when I put this at this spot like this is this is a <laughs> terrible movie like move this lower I'm like oh no I actually kind of like that now that I think about it more like let's bump that up a couple slots yeah you're like oh cool yeah Uncle Drew I, I'm like I remember liking Mamma Mia 2 <laughs> a lot more than uh, where this is showing it let's move it up higher <laughs> yeah next week will be uh, interesting episode for sure yeah we'll be back next week with an ep but thank you for listening and go leave us a review if you survived this episode uh, <laughs> or go follow us on social media we're at ps you're wrong on instagram on twitter on facebook it'll be great yes tell us how wrong matt is for liking this movie he needs to hear it from people he trusts nobody saw this movie they're not going to be able to tell me anything <laughs> more accurately than you were about the super bowl halftime performance um but i think unless you have anything that is all well, that's it okay bye guys